Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member mentor 2019 shares his story from a semi-target to landing a bulge bracket investment banking offer, why he stayed for three years before making the jump to private equity, and why he targeted smaller funds. Enjoy. Great mentor 2019. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So it'd be great if you could just give the listeners a quick summary of your background. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, with like student consulting and some other student organizations and had the opportunity to do a trip to New York sophomore year where we toured around to, you know, investment banks, hedge funds, um, a little private equity, just to kind of see what the financial landscape was like in New York. And so um, that's kind of when first showed up on my radar and learned a lot about it and was able to network with some people up there. Um, and then I think that put me in a good position uh, for recruiting junior year, fall of junior year, um, just having that um, having that little story to be able to tell. Um, and so... Like having visited? Internship, but having visited New York and stuff? Yeah, having yeah. visited and having kind of like seen it from up close and being able to meet with a lot of people at different banks and yep. speak with them um, afterwards and over the summer. Um, and then actually that summer after sophomore year, I uh, had an internship in London for like eight weeks that I got set up to the school, um, which wasn't directly related to finance, but I was able to kind of spin it like that. Um, and then when on-campus recruiting came in, uh, the fall, I got an offer for a summer analyst position at J.P. Morgan. Um, so I went up there and worked on their industrials team and then got the return offer at the end of the summer and went back to the same group um, and was an analyst there for three years. That's a long and, time. Uh, three years is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, two or 18 months would have been a little too short for me personally, but I think three full ones was was too long I, I think like around january of my around halfway through my third year i was kind of ready to uh move on but i also wanted to stay through june so i could get the last bonus before i left that makes um, sense yeah so yeah. can we go back uh, a little bit but, just to talk a little bit about kind of the so sophomore sophomore year do you think that having that internship in london you were able to spin it make it a little more financy but were do you feel yeah, like it was, it was with it was with an insurance company but it was we were doing like credit risk mm -hmm. um 
so it's a little financy. Yeah, it was definitely. It was yeah. It was there's definitely some overlap, um, and I think just having like a real meaningful internship the summer after sophomore year really in anything like somewhat related to it um, helps be able to speak about in interviews. For sure. Yeah. And so, um, was there a reason you went to London? Um, I mean, I wanted to definitely study abroad at, at some point and, um, this allowed me to do it over a summer and didn't have to miss a semester at school. Cool. All right. So you, you get back, you start your junior year. What's it like in terms of applying for the summer analyst spots? Is there a lot of on-campus recruiting where you went? Was there like a lot of resume drops and what was your like conversion rate on that? Did you have a decent GPA? Uh, no, I was uh, I mean, def- definitely very lucky. We had on-campus recruiting. Um, mm-hmm. My interview process at J.P. Morgan was um, just one in-person interview on campus, and then a follow-up phone call a few days later, and then and then the offer. So I didn't have to do a super day or anything. Wow, is that um, is that rare? Is there changed? <laughs> I think that's changed. They, they changed it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they make everyone come up and do super days. Yep. Um, but. There was it was that, and then there was a few other ones like Deutsche Bank um, was another one. Another place I interviewed. Um, we didn't get all the old bracket banks, but um, enough of them on campus where you, you know, cool. we had a few opportunities. Very cool. So you um, had a decent hit rate on those and the resume drops in terms of getting like the initial interviews. Yeah, yeah, I did. And do you think there's a specific reason for that besides being you know, the right majors and stuff like that? And I assume you had a decent GPA. Uh, I mean, right major, decent GPA, uh, I guess some decent background experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Did networking play into that at all? And, and then the networking and meeting. I mean, I was, I'd met pretty much everyone that would be interviewing me on that New York trip and, you know, just that was them, thank you after you met with them and then getting in touch with them at the end of the summer or beginning of the year before recruiting starts again just to get up on their radar. How did you how did you reach out to them that second time right before to get on the radar? I think that's a key kind of element there. Did you just say, "Hey, update! I'm, I'm applying. You know, hope to see you again or something like that, or just something short yeah, and sweet?" Um, just, hey, we met this past spring in New York. Um, had a cool internship in London this summer. Um, been thinking a lot about banking since coming back from New York on that trip and. Um, just wanted to let you know that I think we'll likely be applying. It'd be great to catch up again um, before then. Uh, I guess one of the things I forgot to mention is that it's really important to, um, especially uh, when you're applying for a job, or at least a, this, at least this, how it was in my case. Um, all like analysts that are from my school are looking at the resumes. Um, and kind of doing like the first screen before they pass them up to the MDs and whoever else is running the recruiting. Right. And just being able to get in touch with them and talk to them about their background experience so far is helpful too, um, especially when you can go on the interview and say that you've talked to some analysts that work there and they told you this, which is why you like that bank more than the other bank or something like that. Very cool. Yeah, no, great advice. So, okay, so you're kind of going into your junior year. Um, you start doing a couple of resume drops, you're getting some good interviews. Do you feel like, did you have multiple offers? Was it something where like anything unexpected about that process or was it just like, oh, that was pretty easy. Now I have a summer, summer internship. Uh, it was really fast. Um, I mean, there was like three different banks 
on three different days, back to back to back. Um, and I got two offers and didn't get the third place. Um, and yeah, I accepted the one at, at JP Morgan and then went up there in the summer. Cool. And then anything, but, uh, it was really kind of really hectic. Yeah. Really kind of hectic few days. Um, for one of them, it was an interview in the morning and then you got called back in the afternoon, had to like leave class. Um, oh my gosh. To go talk to them again. <laughs> a little stressful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you get up to, you get up to your internship and did you, were you able to have any fun that summer? Yeah, we did. Um, had a friend from high school that was up there too. And we had, we were roommates and, um, we worked a lot obviously, but, um, also had a lot of fun too. Nice. Nice. And they try to, I mean, they try to, um, they try to make the summers a little lighter than what you might be doing as a full-time analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, there's things that they put on for the summer analyst to, um, you know, get you excited about coming back and things like that. For sure. Yeah. So you kind of, let me guess, you already knew about private equity by this point or you had, had you not like, did you have your eyes set on that? It's kind of a banking and a stepping stone. to that. Um, well, I mean, I guess I had known about it. Um, but as I said, I did the full three year analyst program and that was because, uh, I knew that, you know, recruiting it back then happened like in February. Now I think it's even earlier than that, like in December. Um, actually first year even earlier now, that, uh, <laughs> even earlier now, even earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It was like early November uh, last year, I think. And this year I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's next month. <laughs> the kids just started yeah. Four kids. But um, anyways. And I just thought that, uh, I had no idea what I was doing and didn't have any real meaningful experience yet. Um, cause you do, you start in June, but you have like 10 weeks of training. So you don't really actually hit the desk until August. And now I guess you're interviewing in November like what do you even like how do you even know what you want to do what do you even have to talk about yeah as far as terms of experience wise um so it was an actual uh, do you feel like it was an actual conscious decision of not to recruit or do you feel like you felt yeah definitely yeah i uh yeah i i mean obviously had had hunters reaching out and stuff like that like they do to all the analysts um Mm -hmm. but just said i wasn't ready yet and um since they had emailed me i had all their contact information so i was able to reach back out the following year very cool and then do you think when I, um when i kind of made it more, more any any thoughts on specifically like the group you were in was it supportive i know when i jumped to pe from rothschild it wasn't quite as supported it was a little bit more like oh why are you leaving you know you should stay for a third year um is um, was it similar I mean, they, had, they uh i mean no it wasn't like you had to sneak around or anything it was pretty it was expected and um, as long as it didn't get in the way of your work, no one really cared. Right. Uh, I mean, I think since I, and they, but they do expect you uh, to tell them what you do get an offer. And I mean, that doesn't impact that they, that doesn't impact anything. If you, if that does happen, um, mm-hmm. assuming you, 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 know, you keep working hard and do a good job and stuff like that. Um, but I think since I didn't recruit the first year, they were kind of hoping that that meant I might stay on as an associate, um, so I, I had that offer too, but um, uh, but obviously I had already accepted my PE job by that time, and so um, and, and had known that I wanted to move on from making anyways. Can you tell me why? Can you tell me why you you were kind of more attracted to private equity um, compared to banking? Like what what made it seem besides um, all this? Yeah, besides all the typical stuff, you know, 
potential upside and pay and all that and lifestyle or, or yeah. yeah um i mean lifestyle definitely uh we've so far it's been the case for me um but i thought um i thought there'd be more just from what i'd spoken with the spoken with the people um to associates who already moved over i thought there'd be more critical thinking um you're on or at least the cup i was targeting smaller funds mm-hmm. um so i'd have a more responsibility and a bigger impact and to be working with the same team um and then just getting kind of getting assigned to a portfolio company versus working on just like a transaction for a few months and moving to the next one and um kind of taking a longer term view um was something that attracted me and uh i mean frankly in banking like a lot of it's like client service like you can run a dcf but at the end of the day, if it's not high enough or whatever, it's not if it's not what your client's looking for, and you can kind of massage a little bit to get the desi- desired outcome. Ah, uh, massaging the numbers, the, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's like an art and science tour, or whatever is what people say. Mm-hmm. Um, but in PE, it's much more. Um, I mean, it's our client, it's our investors money that we're putting to work and so we actually have to take an honest view about it you're saying it's more intellectually um, intellectually it's honest a lot more, yeah it's just a lot more critical thinking um mm-hmm. uh versus kind of you know if you're doing a sell side like just trying to maximize value and things like that cool so you waited for it was you were recruiting in your second year then and so you had some deal experience yeah. and do you feel like that served you yeah. well or because you were going middle market lower middle market anyways um, did you feel like you had an upper hand coming from a, a larger bank? Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, I think that definitely helps. Um, um, I mean, I, my resume was definitely a lot more robust than it, um, would have been if I had gone my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think some people really liked that I had waited and thought about it more. Um, it just made my story and argument a lot, um, more, uh, persuasive okay so tell me a little bit about that process so you got back in touch with the recruiters and how many yeah i guess the, yeah. Uh, the one downside though is that i i don't know if this is because i was a second year or whatever um but i i didn't really get into the, like the on cycle process that happens um mm-hmm. for whatever reason so i didn't really start recruiting or started getting a lot of interviews until like march um mm-hmm and that may have also been because I was targeting smaller funds, just go later anyways. But, um, yeah, started recruiting, and honestly, the first few interviews didn't really go that well because I was just rusty and hadn't interviewed for anything since, you know, over two years. Junior year of college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and had never, and had also never done a super day either. Um, so, pros and cons, not having to do that as an undergrad. Uh, but um, you know, just got a few reps in and was able to refine my answers. And where do you uh, think you struggled the most in the initial interviews? Like, where where did you need to improve the most? Um, that's a good question. Um, like, was it deal walking through your deals? Was I, it I, like LBO? I think it wasn't necessarily the answers I was giving. I think I was just wasn't as comfortable giving them yet. Okay. Um, and came across. I mean, nervous or um, not comfortable enough, you know. Not like confident or polished enough, quite quite there. 
Yeah, compared yeah, to yet. exactly. Like I don't think I don't think I like went back to the drawing board ever with like my story or the responses I was giving. It just you know, just get a little more polished. Um, you know, doing it in person and one of the things I didn't do was I didn't really like rehearse with anyone before, um, which definitely helps. It's one thing to like, yeah, almost everyone says they're going to, yeah, everyone says they're going to do that. And then the few people that do do it end up being so much better. (laughs) I I try to tell people like you should do at least a couple mock interviews before going into it. It's just, you know, it's interview can be a lot like a conversation too. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're saying it in your head, you're saying it from start to finish without really any, any interruptions. Right. So you say something and then you, the guy is interviewing you or the girl that's interviewing you um, interjects that can kind of throw you off. And so you can't just have like a prepared script. You have to you know, be prepared to be a little bit flexible with what you're saying. Excuse me, you might jump, they might ask you to jump forward or jump back and then it just yep. messes up your timing. I think we should un- I think we should underline that you can't have a script in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but you can practice well, like, so that you're you, ready well, for well, variations. The better, the better way to, like the better way to do it, I think, is just to have for, like, maybe a list of bullets, yep. topics like in your head that you want to check off. Yep. Um, versus like trying to have quotes or something you're trying to slip in. Yeah, you have like a framework or an outline of the points you want to get across. You yeah, have specific stories exactly. that you want to basically hit on or can be pulled for different types of examples or fit questions. And then the deal, the and deals. Then, I mean, yeah. then for some, mm-hmm. okay, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. And, I mean, and then I was going to say for some questions, it is easier to have a kind of like a script, like tell me three strengths and three weaknesses or something like a generic interview question like that, that you know, you might get, you can, um, you can have those with maybe a little more rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why this specific PE fund you should know. You should know their deals. Yeah, you should know. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool, <laughs> yeah, man. It's good to you know if you if you know who's interviewing you to know what he or she's done and you know what companies they're covering and stuff like that. So you talked to a few recruiters. You didn't get into on-site recruiting. Did that surprise you a little bit? Yeah, um, I thought that because I was second year, had more experience, I'd be more attractive. But um, I think what hurt me was I was actually got i was actually just middle bucket my after my first year i, I moved up after that after my at, in my second year but um so i think just having that ranking versus someone that was completely unranked um, yep. because you know they just started may have hurt some yeah um so i was um curious to see how it would change if i had gone through as a top bucket analyst um so any regrets like on that any any regrets um, or do you feel like you're really. in a good spot right now? I think I'm in a good spot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there was some maybe uncertainty I was feeling, but um, it, it's worked out. Can you talk to me a little bit about, um, so real quick about the actual transition. So you go to the recruiters, you talk to them about your story, you give them the pitch, and they're like, oh, great, but you're not going to be on Did they tell you straight up you're not going to be an on cycle? Or did they say like, Oh yeah, we have these other smaller funds. They're coming later. We'll reach out to you and let you know. And then you had to. Did you have to do like more legwork? I think one person may have been, may have said that, but I don't think. Yeah. Most people did. So you and just like I said, I was. I, I knew I wanted to go work at a middle market fund, anyways. Okay, so, um, so let's talk about that. So that that whole process. So you specifically, you know, you had already been in touch with recruiters. You started getting hit up. Yeah. In February well, I mean, or something. Um, or? 
January. Yeah, so I guess I guess January, February of your um, second year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my second year, and started. I think I got my offer in March or April. Um, okay. So we really wasn't even interviewing for that long. Uh, yeah, but were you, were you gonna ask why middle market? Is that what you? No, no. I, I think just in terms of like you got better. You said you got better during the recruiting process, but I'd love to hear a little more like the stats, yeah. like how many well, places think, did you actually was, interview at and one. stuff like that. I think my my I think uh, I think this is my fifth interview mm-hmm. in my current role. Um, so it really wasn't even you know that many reps. It was just the first two or three to kind of shake the rust off. And the first two or three, you didn't make it to the second round or the final day, and then the fourth and the fifth, you did. Or how did how did that work out? Yeah, uh, the first. Yeah, this was this the role I'm in now was the first. Uh, I think it was yeah the first super day I went to. Um, and then I actually had one the following week, but got the offer and pulled out of that process. And how did anything surprise you about that process? Was there any of that game theory stuff where they were all trying to, like, the middle markets were kind of trying to quickly do stuff or were, like, exploding offers, anything like that? No, no, no. They were pretty, was, I mean. More lax. Get back to us in a few days, but it wasn't yeah. like you have to tell us before you leave the building. Or <laughs> like it is in uh, some of the megaphones on the on-cycle process. Okay, so, so you're... Um, you're probably really excited to get the offer um, and anything that surprised you kind of before again, like in the, in the super day, um, any LBO modeling tests, anything like that, that you weren't ready for or that you kind of you made it through? Um, no, I mean, the LBO test we did was pretty straightforward. I mean, it was, it was pretty comprehensive, um, but it wasn't, I mean, there wasn't that many like tricks or anything in it. Right. You could probably find something really similar online. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all that was all pretty straightforward and i thought the i mean the super days i had themselves weren't the interviews weren't that like there's one guy that was asking me kind of more like qualitative like thoughtful questions like when you're like when you're calculating the equity value of a private of a public company like why do you use the diluted shares versus just the basic shares outstanding mm-hmm. which you, you know you can know the difference and you can know how to calculate what the equity value is, but I guess that kind of threw me off a little bit thinking about it. Like, well, why do you do it that way? The actual concept. Knowing how to do it. Yeah. Knowing yeah. the actual concept and theory behind rather than just the, how to do yeah. the calculation. It's a good point. Um, okay. So you, you made it through, you get the offer. How does that feel? Uh, that was great. Um, <laughs> any big celebration? Kind of, uh, uh, no, no, I mean, I, I, I nothing special or anything like that um i actually i probably worked well i guess i i mean it was i got the offer over a year before actually my last day um so it kind of was business as usual for a while did you get any break after your third year before you started yeah i had about i had about six weeks off ah nice um, nice jobs that's great you travel so anywhere travel some and then nice where'd you go uh yeah i went to like mexico for two weeks and then visited some other friends around different cities in the U.S. Nice. Um, and then spent like a, I moved into San Francisco like two weeks before my job started. Um, so I had a week to move in and had a week of like doing touristy stuff up and down the West Coast. Nice. So tell me a little bit about uh, the current role and, you know, how, how is the transition? Is it is it weird? Is it tough? Is it anything surprising about Yeah, I mean, I think you've probably heard this before, but the hardest part is just that there's just less structure and you've got 
like your tasks are a little more open-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're doing like an RFP, you kind of lay it all out and then you know exactly what you have to do. Here it's a lot more, um, just less guidance, I guess. Oh, yeah. To, I had that same problem. Um, when, I went at, when I went to PE, yeah, it was so hard. It was like, it was from like telling you when you could go to the bathroom to telling you, like not telling you anything for like weeks at a time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, it's a totally different culture. It's a little bit of a culture. It was for me a culture shock. It sounds like it's similar yeah, for you. Yeah, but it, I've, I mean, I like it. it. It's just, you know, me, my VP, and my principal now, like, mm-hmm. when we look at looking at a new deal, we're all just sitting around and everyone's got an opinion that's valued. Um, so cool, I expect you to, you know, have your own thoughts, but that, I mean, that's, that's part of what I like about it. So what do you think's next? Is this a partner track position? Is it something like a two-year and out, MBA? Um, I, they extended me for a third year, and there are senior associate roles, so um, could stay or could go to something else. We'll see what happens. Cool, man. Well, it sounds like you're, you're on the right path. Are you enjoying it there? Yeah, I do. I like, uh, like the Bay Area a lot more than New York. Cool, man. Yeah, I love it out here. I'm from Boston originally, but I definitely love it down here and uh, i'm a little closer to south bay but um wish i yeah. could, wish i could get up to sf more with my three kids it's tough <laughs> <laughs> but uh cool man well i really pre- anything else you want to share with the listeners before we call it like any um any advice you would give to your younger self um uh <laughs> no not, not nothing particular but i actually I actually got to run cool man well thanks so much for taking the time appreciate it And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.